Welcome back to the Husker Sports Weekly Podcast, your soon-to-be number one source for all things Husker Sports. My name is Connor Clark, along with Jarrett and Quinn this week, and we are back after a two-week hiatus, and we have got a lot of news to dig into that has come up specifically surrounding the start date of college football and modifications that could be made for the 2020 season, if there is one. We've got a lot of news to dive into, but before we do that, don't forget you can find us on YouTube. Just search Husker Sports Weekly in the search bar. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter as well for a bunch of Husker news updates and updates about future episodes and episodes that are coming out. You can find us at Husker Weekly on Twitter. The past week, actually the past couple of days, have been pretty crazy surrounding the possible start of college football um, if there will be college football period this year, it could be moved to the spring. That's an idea that's on the table. But just ideas are floating around right now. Nothing set in stone. Obviously, everybody's hoping that it'll start on time in the fall. But as we keep nearing that start date, it doesn't seem like too many people are as optimistic as before. So lots of reports coming out. Um, ESPN had a interview with the NCAA president um, on Tuesday, May 12th with Mark Emmert, um, and he spoke about the possible resumption of college athletics in the fall, Um, and he kind of delivered a pretty interesting quote here. Um, He said, normally there's an agreed upon start date for every sport every season, but under these circumstances, now that's all been derailed with the pandemic, it won't be the conferences that can do that either. It will be the local and state health officials that say whether or not you can open and play football with fans. So he's mainly focusing on football. And then there's stuff with whether conferences can start um, at their own will as well. Just uh, say the Pac-12 starts two weeks earlier than the Big Ten. So just lots of stuff. um, And I'm curious to hear your guys' thoughts on uh, what has kind of transpired over the last couple of days. Um, Honestly, it's it's mayhem. Uh, I mean, reading this from... You know, uh, Andrea Adelson, she says the MAC uh, conference announced it would change its men's, women, and basketball schedules, which obviously isn't like the football side of things, but even that's crazy, thinking that it could go that far is a uh, is a huge impact for college sports, even with college colleges needing the revenue to, you know, keep them alive and moving. I know, it's going to be really weird. You may not, like, see a college football season in the fall that we're all used to. It's... It's just going to be different if we see it in the spring. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I personally wouldn't want college football in the spring. I doubt many people would want that either. But at this point, we'll get sports any way we can take it. I mean, the Korean Baseball League is the most popular thing in the world right now, for crying out loud. So um, people are going to take live sports any way that they can get it. Um, Along with this, just kind of more of a national headline, not sports-related in some capacity, but many schools in California have announced that they've canceled in-person classes for at least the fall semester. San Diego State, Fresno State, and San Jose State are among those schools with such announcement. But the playing of fall sports, especially football, is still a possibility for those schools as well. They're not ruling that completely out. So that would be kind of interesting to see how a university would balance not having in-person classes, but having in-person sporting events, having sporting events in general. And a, lo- a lot of people are saying, well, if you can't have in-person classes, there's no way you can have sporting events. But it looks like these schools in California are trying to make it work. And despite the new modifications to their stay-at-home order, especially in the Los Angeles County, um, so this could be really interesting. And it could kind of 
set the bar for what other universities around the country will do. As long as I can watch college football, I'm all okay with it. Honestly, it doesn't have to be in person. It can be on TV. I'm fine. I'm right there with Quinn, too. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we'll we'll take college football, especially any way we can get it. It's one of the best sports in the world, a lot of people think, including myself. I'm a, I'm a big believer in college football being one of the better ones. Um, and then... I mean, a big a big point that we should probably hit on is college football being moved to the spring. I talked about this with some other people a couple weeks ago, and when they said, oh, college football could be moved to the spring, I thought that was kind of ridiculous. I thought the NCAA wouldn't honestly go as far as moving the season to spring. Um, like, I'm surprised they would take it that far. And the big question is, well, how would the players deal with this? Because imagine you play a full 12-game season, plus if you make a bowl game in the spring, and then say they don't change the 2021 season around, and then you got to come back in August and play another full 12-game season. I like that. That's got to take a big toll on players, coaches, and just the program as a whole. And obviously, revenue is a big part of this. I mean, millions of dollars are made, especially the bigger schools per game day. But I don't know if that's really necessary for these universities to be taking that type of stuff well, yeah and i was just reading as well i mean outside of the football uh spectrum the cincinnati dropped their men's soccer program uh i mean i for me i feel like that's a little bit premature but a lot of schools are taking these precautions due to this uh the situation i just don't know how i feel about cutting this early i'd say because the the thing is is it's an unknown uh pandemic we've obviously had things like this before but this is a brand new thing and i don't know if cutting programs is the greatest but at the same time you have to keep you know the budget and spread that elsewhere so like i said it's just it's a tough situation for all colleges and all college sports at this point yeah it's definitely going to be tough on the football on the college football athletes if we move it to spring considering what they go through well they're supposed to have spring like practices and everything like that and they get together as a team and everything it'd just be weird having no break between that time 100 yeah and i'm almost wondering if it would like almost help a team though because if the because they just end a season say late may then they're still kind of in the swing of actually playing football and i wonder if that would carry over to like a short off season, just picking up right where they left off, especially if you're good. I mean, if you're a college football playoff contender, that could really help you out. Or if you're like one spot away from that top four. Could you just, Im- could you just imagine being a junior and getting injured and having a pretty good chance at the NFL and then not being able to play the senior season because they have it in the fall? Yeah, I mean, you bring up a actually really good point with that. I mean, how is this going to affect like Trevor Lawrence and like top NFL prospects that like. People are talking about NFL teams tanking two years before this just to get Trevor Lawrence and players like that. Well, I was and I w- oh sorry, continue. Go ahead. Oh, okay, I was I was reading on ESPN too. They said that uh, the NCAA is willing to grant uh, players an extra year of eligibility. So I'm thinking that could maybe help in that retrospect. But you're right. I mean, for Trevor Lawrence and guys like that, it it's a very tough situation. Yeah, I was actually going to bring up the point of eligibility and how would that work um, just going forward. If they're willing to, if the NCAA is willing to grant another year of uh, eligibility, which they've already had to um, with this year's spring uh, spring sport athletes, that could be huge. 
but it, it'll probably be difficult to manage. I, I would imagine if they were able to grant another year of eligibility, if you're maybe on the cusp of being a starter, I bet you the transfer portal would be pretty full too because of that. Like You'll, you'll have five years' worth of players on a, on a football roster, and the football roster is already 60, 70 guys. So I can only imagine what the transfer portal would look like if that would happen. Yeah, the NCA would definitely have their hands full with all the questions and problems that would pop up if all this happened. One hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, like you know, it's it's tough, and like you were saying, the oversized rosters would make it even hard, not just for the transfer portal, but for coaches. I mean, if say most did not go to the transfer portal because they knew that it was going to be a tough situation, uh, deciding roster and roster cut wise. I don't, it, it's just, I mean, it's a tough situation for them as well. Yeah, well, if the, if the transfer portal were to get bigger, I mean, it's already like 400 plus players, but you could really see an increase, I think, in lower level or like lower succeeding Division One teams. Like you could see a team like Maryland pick up some big time guys in the transfer portal. You could see Syracuse get back into that top 25 spot. So that that would be really interesting to see just kind of how things would shake up. We're so used to seeing Alabama, Clemson, whatever the case may be, be at the top. But it, it, it really could give, and maybe even like a team like UCF or another good group of five team, could really give them another opportunity to really get themselves into the mix. And then you say that, and then all these younger, and or not younger, but lower level Division One teams start getting better maybe you start to talk about expanding the playoff. I know that's kind of far-fetched, but, I mean, I I know I'm personally one for expanding the playoff to eight teams. Um, so th- there's a ton of different ways the NCAA could go with this. Yeah. Um, I def- Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree with that statement. Honestly, I feel like that would make the playoffs more fun as well. I mean, more fun is a weird word to use with, you know, such a strong <laughs> topic. But, I mean, for fans, too, I believe, I mean, even with all this going on, it could shine a little bit of pos- positivity into their lives and give them a little bit of an escape to watch something like that as well. Yeah, I mean, kind of going off plan here a little bit. But, like, if the NCAA were to expand a playoff, how many teams would you want to be in it? I think I'd agree with you on that side and say eight. You know, nothing, not not too large. I'd say eight. Yeah, not not yeah. too large. I mean, a, still a pretty average size, just so it doesn't expand the length too long. But and people get old with it. But uh, you know, big enough so it's it's more exciting to watch. I remember hearing that people were wanting like to see the 16 teams in the playoff and make it like that type of thing, like a tournament type thing. I've, se- I've heard people talk about that, because especially when uh, Scott Frost was at UCF and they had that unbelievable season. They wanted to see them in the playoffs. Yeah, I, I mean, I could see why people are saying that, but I feel like if you add more and more to like, a t- like 16 teams to a college football playoff, A, it would take longer, and B, I feel like it would kind of – almost devalue some of the bigger bowl games because if you had a 16 team playoff odds are you probably have to make like you you could probably make like college football playoff quarterfinal games instead of it like taking up a bowl game um but that leaves less top tier opponents left for the rest of the field so like maybe the rose bowl 
say, gets left out of the semifinals, it's not as like high of quality of football. And same with those New Year's Six Bowls, um, because that's what they've been using for the college football playoff. But if they were to expand it that much, I feel like the New Year's Six Bowls would be less valued in a sense. And I feel like that take away from the point of having a college football playoff, as in like you're getting the four best teams together. So if you put just more teams into that, just kind of take away the point of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like maybe even like six teams, like have two teams have a first round bye. Yeah. Because I just feel like four is too too small. Like I feel like four is not big enough to to really determine who the best team is. I feel like people want to see more in the college football playoff, but they don't want too much. So it's kind of a tricky thing to like get down. Yeah, one hundred percent. Because that's like you're supposed to see the top teams compete against each other when you usually don't see them play. So that's kind of the chance, and the fans want to see more enjoyable situations and games. Yeah, for sure. And then kind of jumping back on this whole coronavirus thing, um, Jarrett brought up the MAC conference earlier in the episode. And I was watching a little bit of Scott Van Pelt's Sports Center last night, and um, – he was saying, like, for the next, like, four years or something almost, like, postseason basketball conference tournaments, soccer, lacrosse, and baseball postseason tournaments for the conference would be canceled um, just to and, – and I don't know why they would do that. I must have been missing something in the report that I saw, but that they're losing out on a lot of money if they do that. I mean, obviously, MAC teams, you'll, you'll make that revenue in the NCAA tournament. We didn't have that this year. So that was a lot of money lost, and then you're doing that on top of it. I feel like it's kind of a risky decision. I'll have to look more into what exactly the deal was. It's just a, like a crazy situation that we're in right now and a crazy time that we're in that some people – I feel like some people are just jumping the gun on things, and then some people are playing it like – too safe so it's like it's hard to like figure out what you want to do as a whole 100 percent. and i mean if, even if you read things about you know the college football is it going to continue are they going to cancel it uh you get you get you know you get good points from both sides and like quinn said we're in a crazy situation so honestly i don't i don't feel like as of right now we have enough in, information to judge whether we're going to have college football or or not and i mean that's that's kind of where i feel like everyone is at and especially with the jumping of the gun like Cincinnati not with the football but you know they cut their soccer team even before the spring season and I get that with the budget cuts but I feel like that yet you let alone is a kind of jump the gun situation yeah I mean cutting an entire soccer program from a division one school yeah. I feel like is a little excessive uh, and I, I feel bad for the guys too who have been there a few years and all of a sudden it's just taken away from them because I mean, even even so, even with everything with the coronavirus and people like seniors in high school or seniors in college getting that little last little bit of their uh, year taken away, I feel like it's tough for everyone. Yeah, and I mean, especially for freshmen, too. I know a lot of people are focusing on the seniors right now, but freshmen going into who were, who were just committed or supposed to arrive in the fall this year, I mean, what are they supposed to do now? They can't just, I mean, recruiting periods are coming to a close pretty quickly. So it kind of gives them a last-second predicament of like, oh, what am I supposed to do here now? Like, how am I supposed to get recruited? How do I let all these coaches know I'm not going here anymore because they don't have a team? So it, it really screws up the entire recruiting. And, and I know that's probably like five or six freshmen, depending on how many people you have in a soccer program. 
but still, it could really screw up some opportunities for some young athletes. 100%. Speaking of recruiting, have you guys seen, like, the amount of 2021 football recruits that have committed over these past few weeks? Yeah, I've noticed the amount has been going way up. It is insane. I actually haven't, but I just saw it today on my feed. This girl, I, I was a manager for my old high school's basketball team, and she actually committed. I thought it was a little bit premature, but now that you say that, it does actually make sense to, you know, jump the gun and, you know, pick your school. Because she still has a year of high school left, so maybe in that year space of time it could change. I hope it does. I really hope we don't have to keep going on with this corona thing. But Yeah, I mean, now's the time. Mm-hmm. You got all this free time. Coaches are probably hitting their phone left 100%. and right with these virtual visits or whatever. So, and I mean, virtual visits sound pretty sucky because yeah. you, you you can't see the actual campus. I mean, I know uh, a former basketball star who's locally to my area in Chicago. Um, he just decommitted from Rice and then committed to Minnesota and then decommitted from Minnesota and then went to USC. Um, his name's Drew Peterson, by the way, if anybody listening knows him. Um, but it's just like crazy and he was on a podcast the other day with some local journalists and just kind of listening to how his process went with the i, I guess e-recruiting um it was really interesting to hear and just how how crazy that process is because he like he's kind of a bigger recruit especially in the transfer portal he's still got two more years left of eligibility and he's like a six eight shooting guard so teams are going to want him and the fact that you can't really see the campus i mean i understand why he picked la because i mean it's, it's la, it's LA. Yeah. You don't really have to go to know what it's about, so um, it, it's just it's really tough, especially for those the, the transfers as well as the freshmen. I mean, even along oh. w- even along with that, one of the biggest reasons I picked Nebraska was one the sports, but two the campus itself. And so I exactly that, I feel like like you said that's going to be the hardest. These e visits are just I mean, for what it's worth, they're good, but I don't feel like they give the incoming class that full full-on hands-on experience that they need. And that that's why coaches are going so hard at recruiting right now and spending so much time on their phone just so they can get those recruits and, like, kind of show them what they'd be in. But, like, especially when you're, like, on campus, you kind of have, like, a feeling, like, that you'd want to go there. And those 2021 recruits and all the rest of those recruits in the lower classes aren't really getting that feeling. So it would just be kind of – if I was in that place, it'd just feel weird for me to, like – commit early but i definitely see them like doing that just so they could secure their spot practically and especially if you've especially if you've got already gone on those visits too you're not basing it off the colleges that you know you want to go visit and you want to see but you're basing it off the the ones that you've already seen and so that's that's a big loss for a lot of i mean te- sports teams but as well for colleges too yeah i mean that's a great point that you brought up i mean me personally Nebraska was the first school that I was able to see, and that kind of set the bar for visits going forward. I know what to look for, and kind of just compare the two almost. Um, so, yeah, that's a great point. I mean, and when when you're going to a place, say, like, you're, you're going to – you're traveling from Chicago to Kansas City to go see a Chiefs game, and you want to see, like, what Arrowhead looks like. Pictures, most of the time, don't really do a justice of what it's like in real life. Um, I, usually it's like way di- like I looked at pictures of the campus in Nebraska and it was way different in person. 100%. So it's it's really crucial to see it in person and I I it, I feel bad for these athletes who aren't able to experience their campuses um, in person. I mean it's such an important decision and time in their life. Yeah. And it yeah, it's just 
It's crazy. I was uh, reading the other day, uh, Avante Dickerson from Omaha Westside, who's a four-star cornerback. His top three was like LSU, uh, Nebraska, and somebody else, and he ended up committing to Minnesota, and they weren't even in his top three. But I guess like the virtual tour like got him thinking about Minnesota, and he ended up committing there. So I thought that was kind of crazy how like the vir- virtual tours are like changing kids' mind now. Yeah, I mean, especially I mean, I can only imagine what PJ Fleck could be doing up in Minnesota if he's still there, but I mean. There's only so many things you can do in a, a lockdown Minneapolis. No offense, no, here. Yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> it's dead. I mean, even even small cities where I'm I mean, I'm from Apple Valley, which is 30 minutes south of Minneapolis, and it's even quiet down here. Yeah, and Scott Frost was on an interview the other day. I saw um, on social media, and he was just kind of saying like, even though he's at home and still in quarantine, he's him and his coaching staff are busy around the clock, like getting these players and so far it's I think it's paid off they're really getting a lot of guys who are who are four stars um and get like Nebraska's consistently in like a top five or a top 10 for these good players um I keep noticing on Twitter so truly looks like what they're doing has been pretty effective so far they just really need to land those hard commits they can't just settle for the top 10 yeah I was uh I was reading USA Today, and they were talking about uh, Kirk Ferentz and Iowa's recruiting so far, and they have, like, the number six class in the 2021 right now. And he said that uh, – Coach Ferentz said that he's spent more time on his phone than he ever has in his 21 seasons. <laughs> so it's just kind of crazy, like, how good of a recruiter you have to be in order to land those, like, f- the four-star, five-stars. Yeah. Like, in order to be, like, a good team. You have year. to have the absolute X, X yeah. factor just to pull even, I mean, I'd say a, a very good three-star recruit. Oh, yeah, absolutely. you got to have that, like, it's almost like a business sales 100%. pitch. You, you have to sell the main point you're trying to accomplish at your university and why such places better than anywhere else in the country. I mean, that's that's the goal when, when you're saying, like, oh, the, the saying there's no place like Nebraska, emphasizing there's nowhere else like this in the entire country. That's what Scott Frost has got to sell. So I can only imagine what it's like for, as you said, a team like Iowa. They're really successful right now. So, and, I mean, it's Iowa. Yeah, they're good at football, but it's, like, not, like, glamorous. Yeah. Like, you can play at Florida. You can play at Miami. So they, they really got to be hitting home on the, like, they're all about tradition and stuff like that, so they must really be really good at selling players virtually. So and this far, this is where like the experienced factors for coach come in because you have to have that experience to be able to sell your school and be able to sell your team. You can have, like you just said, you can have the glamorous team, but if the campus or the school isn't it, I feel like that's going to drive a lot of uh, recruits away. So uh, it, that also that's also where the business pitch comes in, and I I feel like. Like you said, with the coaches on their phones around the clock, I feel like a lot of them are handling it very well. Yeah, I agree. And that's it kind of worries me a little bit about Scott Frost. I know he's he's had success in his head coaching career, but this is only his fifth year as a head coach. So for this to be thrown at him so early in his head coaching career, it could it could either it could go one of two ways. It could go really well or terribly wrong. For him, and it, it all depends on how his coaching staff handle it handles it. Off topic, kind of, but I've really noticed that 
the three stars are becoming more and more valuable during this period. Honestly. How so? I just feel so. What I'm seeing is that more th- three star, like the top teams in the their uh, team rankings right now, are getting more three stars than like four stars and five stars, and the teams are just going to develop those players. And that's what I was known for, basically, is the developing of the three-star players. Just look at those great players that ended up being the senior stars, practically. But, what I've, yeah, that's what I've noticed is that teams are starting to hit three-stars a lot harder than they've been hitting those five-stars sometimes. I feel like they're harder – like the five-stars compared to a three-star are harder to persuade because if you're a five-star recruit, you're looking for a top-tier school, top-tier team – and the three stars, you know, they know their role. They know what they're there for. And so I feel like they, they're they more open-minded if a team were to approach them rather than a five-star, four-star who are who know that their skill set belongs somewhere where they want to be. Absolutely. And, I mean, that kind of goes back to just kind of a Big Ten comparison with uh, Northwestern and Pat Fitzgerald. He's going into, I believe, his 14th or 15th season with the Wildcats. And they have been ranked – he his program was ranked fourth in the country um, with doing more with less. And, I mean, his recruiting class isn't anything fancy. It's a bunch of three stars, yet they win the Big Ten West in 2018. And he's built a, a pretty solid program in Evanston, Illinois now. So going back to kind of what Quinn said, the three stars are, yes, becoming more valuable and what you said, Jarrett. The five stars are, I guess for lack of a better word picky yeah when it comes to getting their getting their college decision um i mean obviously a lot of the five stars find themselves in alabama or lsu or clemson or whatever the case may be so um yeah the three stars i I completely agree they're definitely going to be more valuable during this time in recruiting sense not not necessarily talent sense but yeah in recruiting sense with a talent piece though they can be uh they can be a decent role player. I mean, off the top of my head, this is very off topic, but the Miami Heat with the big three, uh, Chris Bosh, LeBron James, and Dwayne Wade, they had players like Ray Allen, who was, you know, older, out of his prime. Uh, they had Mike Miller, and they were role players. And then that was, the, they knew what their job was, and I feel like that's what the three-star recruits are looking for as well. And, it, you know, it, it brings a balance to the team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's a great point. And, I mean... You can only have so many stars on a team. I mean, you could have three really good receivers on Nebraska and then have Martinez at quarterback, but you need a good offensive line. You need a good running back, and that's what really completes a team. So, And then when you have coaches who are able to develop that talent, that makes them – like that, that adds another star onto a three-star. If you have a coach that can develop you, I feel like that makes you an automatic four-star once you get there if the coach is going to develop you. 100%. In an effective way. Yeah, I'm definitely excited to see when all those five stars commits, how that's going to shake up the team rankings. Absolutely. Especially, especially right now because North Carolina is third in the team rankings right now. Really? For 2021? For 2021, they have 10 four stars and four three stars. And I'm, wow. Mac, Mac Brown is doing a pretty dang good job at North Carolina right now. Yeah, that's a lot of commits, too, already for 2021. Ohio State is number one with four five-stars, ten four-stars, and three three-stars. All right, great. We already know who's going to win the Big exactly. Ten East in 2021, <laughs> so yeah. might as well wrap that up. Michigan, it's not your year. I'm sorry. Harbaugh, it's not your year. 
the Big so, Ten is the Big Ten is just going to be a dangerous conference in the next three four years. Yeah, and, and kind of adding on to that, I mean, like, yeah, the, the the East is the talk of the town of the Big Ten, but the West is getting so much better. I mean, if Minnesota is able to consistently be as good as they were last year, I mean, they're always they're a Big Ten West contender. Wisconsin's usually pretty good. Iowa's consistently good. Nebraska can be good. Northwestern can be good. So, I mean, you have five teams that can be 10-game winners in the in the West Division now. And so I, the, the Big Ten is definitely starting to round out as a complete conference. And that's, that's why I'm hoping this whole COVID thing ends so we can see some college football and watch some pretty great teams, to be honest with you. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the Big Ten's definitely going to be the conference to watch. I mean, forget all the SEC bias. Um, the, the Big Ten will definitely be one to keep your eyes on, not just for basketball, but for football too. Maybe you'll see a couple of uh, college football playoff contenders. Yeah, maybe we'll actually see a Big Ten team win it all. <laughs> I mean, Ohio State won the inaugural one, but we'd like to see a different one. I've just for been sure. waiting for it. They were, we've had Ohio State make it. We've had Michigan State make it, but they got absolutely obliterated by Alabama. I mean, Ohio State makes it like every year. Um, yeah, Ohio I State was like the only two teams. I'm shocked that they didn't win at all. I've been like going back and listening to college football podcasts from last year, just kind of like seeing how everything played out. And the way that they were playing in the regular season, I'm so surprised. Clemson beat them, especially with the ACC that it is. It's like, it's them, and there's just like a dumpster fire behind them, which is, I mean, I don't, I don't know how they keep doing it. I don't know how Dabo Sweeney does it. Dabo Sweeney is, geez, Louise, that guy is such a good coach. But Ohio State was so loaded last year too on both sides of the ball. Was yeah, it, and I mean they're going to continue to be loaded yeah. too. Was it uh just is that his name Justin Fields? Yeah, yeah he was really fun to watch. I, you know, Him, I, J.K. Dobbins, and Chase Young, two of which are gone uh, due to the NFL draft. But but then you return, you get the number one wide receiver in 2020. <laughs> and you, you're Ohio State, so you're going to have yeah. a good quarterback to pair him with, no matter what you say. Ryan Day probably walked into the best possible situation a assistant could walk into. <laughs> yeah, he, he took over, and he didn't have to do really anything. And then just getting Justin Fields was like, all right, that's nice. It's a good plus. Just a it's little nice bit of a good plus. College football playoff contenders each year. I feel like Ohio State fans, if they watch this, they'll get mad at us for making fun of Ohio State. But it's all good. You destroyed us on national television last year, so it's fine. <laughs> Jeez, Louis, that was the absolute worst. I just remember sitting in my friend's garage watching that, and I was like, well, that was <laughs> With the, you know, no offense to Nebraska, obviously, you know, we're all going there n- next year, but with the season they had last year, did we really have fun watching them? No. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> they the... No disrespect, but it just it wasn't enjoyable. I mean, I, I, I rooted for them really hard last year for, like, the first time, and it's just the, the outcome that they had with the schedule that they had, like, it's just so underwhelming. I can't believe they didn't make a bowl game. Especially that first, yeah, that first game too. Yeah, who yeah. they played? Um, I can't South remember. Alabama, I think it was. Yeah, that, yeah, that was absolutely brutal. Yeah, I mean the offense didn't show up for that game. That that was the one 
or well, arguably the one good defensive performance from the team last year. Because they had like two touchdowns. I don't even remember our like offense like really showing up last year. To be I honest. mean, there were there were spurts. There, yeah, there were glimpses of like success, but then it was just like, oh, there's another. Yeah, I mean, Martina struggled for sure. <laughs> um, I'm just yeah, I'm just ready for the time when we're like the winning team that we used to be and we don't have to go through the painful loss like Colorado last year. Yeah, that was um brutal. <laughs> that that okay, let let's a seventeen nothing lead kept us from a bowl game. A two and six Purdue with a third string quarterback kept us from a bowl game. Indiana kept us from a bowl game. And a field goal against Iowa kept us from a bowl game. That's four games. Four legit games that you could that you could point to saying that's why we're not going to a bowl game. I I point at the Colorado game the most, but it's it's just it's crazy. I, it it pains me. I'm I'm sick and tired of losing to Iowa. On I know. <laughs> it's the last two years, right? It's like, yeah, it's like Keith Duncan. Just <laughs> we already know you're gonna make this. You're trying to uh, try and end that five game skid against Iowa. Oh. Jeez Louise, I'm ready for it to be done. Who knows, maybe maybe this will be a, a t- turn of the tides. I mean... <laughs> if we have a season. Yes, if we have a season. If we don't have a season, <laughs> we could just say Iowa wins point. for a sixth year in a row. But <laughs> Hey, we can, we can blame this COVID thing on anyone, but maybe it was Nebraska trying to give us some hope that, you know, they give us a little break and maybe. next year they'll have a good season. Maybe. I mean, Martinez just needed. But like I said, year. no disrespect. I'm very excited to watch Nebraska. Oh, football. absolutely. I mean, how could you not? Even if yeah, even if they're the projected to be bad, I, how could you yeah. not? I, you know, I hear the atmosphere is great there, and I really want to experience it. So, you guys don't don't know how mad I was last week. So, sitting on my phone, waiting for Keegan Johnson, three star from Bellevue West, to come out. Nebraska and Iowa's final two. So I'm like. His dad went to Nebraska. We're about to we're about to get another recruit. I was so excited. It pops up. Keegan Johnson commits to Iowa, and I was like, and "He's from Nebraska. Yep. Come and, on." And, I, and 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 I I the, the way he said it, why he picked Iowa, because they win. And I was like, oh, <laughs> I don't know if you because they're they're just a winning program. I don't know if you saw Connor's face, but as soon as you saw that story, <laughs> so you started that story, I knew exactly where that was going. And it hurt. Like, it really hurt. And the same with the Avante Dickerson when he committed to Minnesota. Like, it I mean, I mean, the the way Scott Frost, like, they gets to sell it is like, okay, you could be a part of the class. I could turn this thing around. <laughs> I mean, we're trying to get back to national championship status. You could be a part of it. But, yeah, that, that hurts. Definitely losing a recruit to your rival, too, who's from your state. I mean, uh, no, I'll I'll give all the credit in the world to Iowa. Kinnick is absolutely electric, especially at night. Um, I mean, I visited their campus. Their campus is actually pretty awesome. But, I mean, if you're Scott Frost, you got you got to pick up that in-state guy. I mean, that's a big one. How many stars was he? Four? Yeah. Three? Okay. No, three. Three stars. So it's not as bad, but still. Hey, we're still... Yeah, we're still we're still in the running for the number two tight end in twenty twenty one. So yeah, that's your uh, oh, yeah. what's his name again? That's your guy. Yeah, Thomas Fedoni. He's he's so athletic. Yeah, that'll be a big pickup because Jack Stoll graduated. Um, so that that he would and he looks super athletic too. Like he looks more than a tight end. He 
He is. He's insane. So that would be a, a big pickup. Honestly, yeah. I mean, we're we're 71% in this crystal ball on 24-7, so. Hmm. I'll take that. Not too bad. Did anybody else see... Yeah, did anybody else see Tua Tagovailoa's brother get one of the transfer? Uh, oh, yes, I did see that the other day. I didn't even know he was on Alabama. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't either. <laughs> my, uh, <laughs> speaking of Tua. He's like the third string. Uh, speaking of Tua, my brother, uh, he's actually going to Nova Southeastern in, uh, in uh, Florida. And they get free tickets to Miami football games. And he's been super pumped because he gets to watch Tua play. Oh, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, and... I you know I envy that, but <laughs> he doesn't have Cornhusker football to satisfy no, his needs. No. Speaking of two, I was mad when I was watching the draft after they uh, picked him. All the analysts were like, "They're gonna sit him for a year so he can get all the way healthy." And I'm yeah. like, "They are not gonna sit him for a year." The Dolphins need to win. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know why they would do that. <laughs> Put him in. Who's, isn't he's isn't Ryan Fitzpatrick their starter? Oh, Fitzmagic, you mean? <laughs> yeah. Or am I thinking? Yes, I'm pretty sure. I think oh. you're correct on that. Yeah. Okay. I've been playing Madden, funny so I've, I've been pretty yeah. Fine. yeah. Funny, funny story. It was like fantasy football, like two years ago. Oh yeah. So I'm playing one of my friends. I. My quarterback was injured. I, I don't even remember who it was. Probably a Cam Newton because he was always injured. <laughs> but I've got R- Ryan Fitzpatrick on the match. I'm like, let's just throw him in. He plays for the Buccaneers. I mean, they're playing a terrible defense. Let's see how he does. He got me like 50-something points. The dude went off <laughs> that game. He went off on like a three, like a four-game span of just And then he played points. the Bears. I'm just going to brag real quick. My, my Chicago yeah, Bears. Yeah. Back when they were a 12 win yeah. team and they had a defense. They still have a defense. They just don't have an offense. Yeah. I mean, they got Nick Foles uh, now. Former, former Super that is, Bowl. That MVP, is true. Um, so. I was really hoping they would get yeah, Cam, I mean, though. Got- I thought they were going to go after Cam. That was a big talk of the town. Cam, Cam is yet to be signed. So it's ridiculous. It's going to be a Kaepernick It is ridiculous, <laughs> honestly. If. Yeah, it's gonna be crazy. The dude was legit, the top of his game. What like five years ago, and now he just injuries derailed it, and it's gonna be weird. I thought he was gonna end up in New England. Hey, it might be a uh, it might be a reversed, uh, not a reverse, but it might be a uh, Derrick Rose situation. Maybe, maybe. (laughs) Connor, I'm just digging into your roots there. Yeah, of that hurts. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Um, (laughs) But I I saw a report the other day where it's like. Oh, maybe the Chargers will try and pick him up and have Herbert learn under him or something, which I thought was odd. I saw Steelers. Okay, yeah, that ma- that would make sense. So I saw, I saw he when Big Ben might retire sometime and he might be like the guy to take the reins. But who knows? I mean, NFL is mixed up anyway. Anyone. Anybody goes. Yeah, and I mean, way. even if you're if you're gonna sign Cam Newton, you're not gonna sign him to back up because he's not gonna want to do that. I mean, he's a he's been to the Super Bowl. Exactly. He's an MVP. Exactly. Well, he was an MVP caliber quarterback, so he's definitely not gonna go anywhere to back and up. Yeah. And there's only a couple team that, teams that like really need a quarterback. Mostly everybody has their starter and backup yeah. down. Uh, maybe, maybe the Bears could increase around. their depth chart. Maybe. 
Just open up one more spot. Have a three-way QB battle. Sign another quarterback. I mean, yeah. we already dropped Mitch's fifth fifth-year option. So maybe. I mean, that was a good. It's a great choice. Mitch was, that was a good choice. Mitch was anything but yeah, great choice. <laughs> Ryan Pace, if you live in the same town as me, so I'm. If you make any more bad decisions, I might have to walk over to your house, and. Yeah, remember when the freaking uh, Bears were gonna get Patrick? Mahomes? Yeah, they could they could have gone Patrick Mahomes. Well, the the report that surfaced <laughs> this week that oh my gosh, it was Deshaun Watson tweeted the Bears didn't talk to me once on Twitter. He said, and that just killed Bears fans everywhere. So I don't know. Hey, if we're going back on this uh, this quarterback thing, I personally think. For the Vikings, being a Vikings fan, Kirk Cousins, I get that he, you know, he has a little bit of potential there. We should have kept uh, Case Keenum. Case Keenum, what a guy! That the the uh, Stefan Diggs, Diggs, sorry, catch against the Saints. But the Bills, though, they're gonna be sick now. Yes, <laughs> the Bills are Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs are one of the top duos now. Yeah, that's gonna be awesome. I, you know. A little bit of a brag again. I actually got a chance to play uh, Madden with Stefan Diggs. Oh, yeah. You sent me that video that one mm-hmm. time. I dapped him up pretty nice. <laughs> that was dope. But, uh, no, I just – I I love Stefan Diggs. And with with Kirk being our quarterback, I feel like he targeted Adam Thielen a little bit too much. You got a, and, you got uh, a feeling like about Thielen. Yeah, you know, Thielen's a good receiver, but having them both was very nice, and I feel like he could have he could have shared the rock a little bit. But yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, you know, it, it is what it is, right? You know, one person that always sticks in my head that played for the Vikings was Christian Ponder. <laughs> for some reason, he just always he just always sticks in my head. I remember that guy. <laughs> it's like there's there's the Vikings, Christian Ponder, Ooh. yeah. Played for Florida State. God, what was he? What was he known for? Didn't he make like a serious mistake? I'm trying. You know, it's bad. He, he wasn't. This, he wasn't but... a good quarterback. I know that. Yeah, he was so <laughs> inconsistent. It was insane. His slow. I went to a few games. His slogan that I would hear the drunk fans chant was uh, "Let me ponder it." Because <laughs> he took a while to throw the damn uh, dang ball, and you know he. Yeah. Yeah, I love. It's I the know, same though. case with Trubisky becoming a verb. <laughs> let me Trubisky this. It is, yeah. That the NFL has become a little bit more exciting, in my opinion. Yeah, I the the gap between college football and the NFL is definitely closer than the college basketball and NBA, for sure. I'm I personally I like college sports better than pro sports. That doesn't mean I dislike pro sports. I just find college a little bit more appealing. But the NFL is definitely getting better. I feel like. I, 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 I can watch, yeah. yeah go ahead. No, I agree. I feel like uh, college sports, to me, are a little bit more appealing because I don't feel like they're playing for the big-name contracts. They're playing you know to find their spot to get that contract and just to see that grind. And, and no offense to NFL players, they grind just as hard, but I feel like college players have a little bit more at stake, and I like watching it a little bit more. The only, like, league I can't, like, watch, like, every night is the NBA. 100%. Just because, like, just because – they do not like play defense exactly until the playoffs when it really counts. James Harden and like in, yeah in college basketball they're playing defense and it, every one hundred percent and a big so thing that sells yeah. college over professionals for me too a big one is atmosphere 
I mean, you got the marching bands, you got the student sections. Every everything's just louder, and like college football stadiums are bigger than a lot of pro stadiums, so you, there's a lot of people there, and school pride plays a lot of a lot into that too. So, I it's yeah, just yeah, you electric. can have that super fan section, but you can't have that student section. Yeah, absolutely. I've always wanted to go to Cameron Indoor Stadium and watch Duke with that atmosphere, just because that's such a well known. Yeah, like the Cameron Crazies is just be insane. Speaking of Duke, the Zion thing is. I know. I know. That's nobody's boring. ever going to sign Zion. with that agent again. <laughs> All right, I'm a little bit out of the loop. Zion, Zion's agent, <laughs> agent, basically. Wasn't it former? Yeah, it, it was his was former, former agent, agent while he was in college yeah. or preparing for the draft or something. Yeah. Um, but she kind of spilled the beans on what he was getting money for at Duke, um, under the table without the NCAA knowing about it. So, Oh God. She basically, yeah, she basically said that he was getting money from like the Duke boosters and then was getting money from Nike and Adidas. I mean, and I saw that tweet and I like saw like all these things reporting. I'm like, I saw it. I'm like, I honestly looked at my Twitter time. I'm like, whatever. I, this was good. This was happening anyway. This is not a surprise. Like uh, to me at least, I, mean, that, I didn't think can, it was a surprise. Can that do anything to him while he's in the NBA now, or is nope? <laughs> it only do. Something I mean, there's there's a lawsuit against his eligibility him. in college, but what uh, what I liked was that I saw was a tweet that was like, if uh, John Calipari was the head coach of Duke, he'd probably be banned for a year right now already. <laughs> like Mike Krzyzewski's like the, the you can't touch him in that yeah. NCAA right now, which. But, I mean, it makes sense. I mean, he's already, John's already, Calipari's already gotten in trouble once. Yeah, it's, it's really no surprise. I mean, the, the fact that the NCAA is now, like, saying, oh, now college athletes can make money, it's... The, it, 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 it's weird how the NCAA, like, now is, like, trying to crack down on it. Like, yeah, it's like not like you haven't known that for, like, 30 years that already the big-name athletes are getting paid underneath the table. Like it, Well, and I think a big thing why it's that everybody knows they're getting paid under the table, but the whole G League thing, too, starting to steal those, like, highest-rated recruit, recruits. So, um... Oh, yeah, the G, the G League is, like... I've seen it, like, that now they're starting to pay, like, the top athletes, like, close to $800,000. And, like, like the, like even, like, the average players. Like I think it's crazy. I mean, they... And it makes sense. But, like, because, like, you're trying to... Like, the whole point of, like, college before the G League was trying to get to the NBA in a year and make the money for your family and for yourself. And now they're getting, starting to make money at 18. Well, yeah, as, a, as, as an 18-year-old kid, I mean, how could you turn down... F- half a million dollars in professional style basketball exactly yeah but i mean i don't know i feel like having that one i I know it's only one year of college experience honestly i think they're probably going to get rid of the rule anyway um so i I don't it's it's a tough situation as as a college basketball fan i don't want it to happen with the g league but because and I definitely, yeah, I agree with your point too. Like, I'd rather see the top players in college for a year, even if it's for a year. Like, I want to see them compete. In a yeah, I mean, like you said, Cameron Indoor is always crazy. Like, it was off the charts with Zion playing there. Like, it was crazy. Yeah. And then you got R.J. Barrett and Cam Reddish, yeah, and Trey Jones. Well, and All that's what makes guys. the Duke. Trey Jones is the goat. <laughs> and oh, Minnesota guy, I kind of forgot. Apple Valley boy, yeah. Apple Valley. Apple Valley, calm down <laughs> over there. Calm represent. Down, Apple Valley. <laughs> 
You got three guys that are going to be in the All end. right. Well, hey, if we're shouting out players, shout out, out my guy, Evan Boudreaux, Purdue. <laughs> All right. Come on. Hear me out, though. Trey Jones was one of the best offenders in college basketball, and that may be he, – he, he should have won the yeah. defensive player of the year. Didn't they make that up now, the Nate Smith defensive Something like that. player of the year? Yeah, it was crazy. He represents the hard work and devotion on defense from college sports – or college basketball. Defense was championships. He represents the blue card. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jay Billis. <laughs> I was watching like something like I don't even remember like two weeks ago about the p- players getting paid underneath the table. Charles Barkley was like, "Yeah, I got paid like five hundred thousand to stay at Auburn for another year," and it was like, "Jeez Louise, you said that like it was nothing." Like, Half a million dollars, all right. I'd stay in college. One hundred and well, and like not not take a <laughs> like, shot at right. Charles Barkley, but. He played a while ago, so 500k had that much more value to it. <laughs> yeah, and he and he like I would want like watching stuff like that. It's like they'd just go to like one of the boosters, like can I have some money to like go out to eat or money to get clothes? Like they just pay for you. They're basically like your parents and all. They need it though. I mean, they don't have time to get a job. Exactly. They don't. Want- and that's what that's why they're finally starting. Then so yeah. going to allow them to pay athletes because they don't have like what other. The regular college students can do is get a job. They're working around the clock, Brad. Yeah, and it's not. It's not like the the college players aren't like getting like salaries from their teams yet, yeah. but like endorsements, likeness. Um, the, the huge disappointment of not having a video game now because they kind of ruled that out, which was a big thing. A lot of people were looking forward to. So stupid, man. Yeah, I just want to see NCAA, NCAA football. football. Oh nine was my game. The what when was was it? I'm trying to. Was it fourteen? Yeah, I think it was when they had the Heisman. You could play as the Heisman players, like Barry Sanders yeah. and RG three, all those yeah. guys. It was such an elite get video. That game, game is that off the charts. It's it's hey, great. Do anything. <laughs> Top running back played for Texas. Had one point five k yards in my first season there. That's it's all easy. I can say. <laughs> Could you imagine, like, the graphics now? That I know. Video oh. game? Like, it'd be off the charts. Like, yeah, the face scans, everything. It, and everybody would buy it. The NCAA would get I so know. much money. I know. I think it's kind of foolish that they're not. Hey, there's their fix for the uh, budgets right there. Yeah. <laughs> like, honestly, that's a great point. Like, they can make millions of dollars off of that. Because, like, the whole, like, Big Cat Barstool just, thing, yeah. too. Like, he's, like, doing those seasons on NCAA 14 on Twitter. And it's getting a huge <laughs> following. I mean, he's playing as Texas Tech right now. <laughs> yeah. And Texas, like, the Twitter account for Texas Tech's, like, retweeting everything that he does. So, they, they can make a ton of money if they release a new video game. But it's not going to happen. What I think's funny with, like, the players getting paid is with uh, the college basketball players. It's like a triangle right now. Like, you saw guys going overseas, and then the G League was like, well, I don't want players going overseas. I want them to stay in the United States. And then they're like, let's pay the 18-year-olds 500 k to come to the G League. And then the NCAA is like, well, I don't want them to go to the pro. I want them to stay in college. So it's just a triangle. Yeah, honestly. Right now. It's a, 100%. It's, 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 what else What else is even in the world right now besides Korean? I don't know. They have this uh, – they have – one of the weirdest leagues. I, I forget what it was called uh, for soccer, and I thought it was by far one of the weird. Uh, it was some random country, and people were tuning into that. Luckily, Germany just announced that their soccer will return. Oh, I saw return that. May fifteenth. 
Premier League is supposed to come out soon, but all the players want don't want it to come back because they're so scared they're gonna get <laughs> coronavirus. They're all the pretty boys. I didn't I didn't say that though. I mean, can, can we get a true. quote? Can we get German a soundbite on that? The, yeah, the the <laughs> Bundesliga has like the like the roughest players, practically like the hardworking players, and then the Premier League's like the dudes that get paid the big bucks. Yeah, if you say it that <laughs> way. I mean, I did I did have the satisfaction of watching live cornhole on ESPN the other day. That was amazing. Okay, I'm not even gonna lie. Those guys. Get oh yeah, they're up. incredible. It's crazy. It's insane. And as a like as a person who loved like shout out to all the tailgaters who play that game. It's a great game. So ESPN props to you for for broadcasting that sport. ESPN. The, the Ocho. That's basically what. That's basically what ESPN. It, it, right it, now is they're, like the Ocho, they they have cornhole. Run. They have video game car racing. They had video game two K. They had a <laughs> horse competition, and now it's Korean baseball. So. I was I was uh, reading about that live stream the NASCAR now the new like the NASCAR uh, racers playing in the video game like, <laughs> against each other and uh, and they were like some guy was one of the racers was streaming it and he rage quit and like everybody got so mad at him he's like chill <laughs> out dude they're like he's like chill out video game I mean that's some great A television hey, right there I've been rage quitting FIFA all week I mean. I, there's a certain point in quarantine where you just have had enough of something. Every, everything makes you angry. Like 2K this past week, just from a personal standpoint, has been brutal. I deleted the game. I have to. I'll redownload it. But I was just like, I can't do this anymore. Wow. I rage quit. I rage quit the first week after all. That. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm getting to that point. It was so terrible. Well, I think we're coming up on like almost like an hour. Yeah. Of a yeah, podcast. Yeah, 54.30 right now. Dude, it's fun, though. I yeah, this has been uh, this is, crazy. This is what I'm saying. We don't have to do Husker Weekly. We can do Husker just Us. In- just sports. Husker sports or Husker everything. And we just from three Husker freshmen talking about their simple quarantine lives. Yeah. <laughs> For the moment, at least. But yeah, yeah I th- this has been uh, definitely a good episode. We kind of touched everything that's happening in the world from coronavirus to Korean baseball to Zion Williamson getting a lawsuit filed against him. So it's it's, talked about a lot. Um, I think that'll do it for us for episode six, at least for now. We should be back next Thursday for episode number seven of Husker Sports Weekly. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and search for us on YouTube. You can find us on YouTube Just search Husker Sports Weekly in the search box and then follow us on Twitter at Husker Weekly where you can find the link to the episode or you can just go straight to the YouTube channel as well. Um, And hopefully we'll be more active on social media and stuff and just getting everybody the Husker news um, with recruiting that's going on and all of that good stuff during quarantine. So thank you all so much for tuning in. Episode number six of Husker Sports Weekly. We'll be back next Thursday for more Husker Sports and kind of what's happening in the world because that's where we went this episode and honestly there's really not much more to talk about so thanks all thank you all so much for tuning in episode number seven next week on youtube and don't forget to follow us on all social media platforms thanks so much and we'll see you next week